Microsoft Teams is helping Priority Bicycles transform the way they work. After closing their New York City showroom, they started doing virtual visits on Teams. And now people from all over the world can come into their showroom. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Great to have on the Chris Myers interview, CMI, Urban Meyer, one of the most successful head coaches in college football of our generation. First of all, coach, at a time where people are concerned about their health to a great extreme and understandably so, how is your health? You've been through a few, few wild rides even before something like a, like a COVID pandemic. Yeah, everything's good. You know, my daughter had the, the COVID virus. We were going to come down to Florida and we decided not to. So Shelly and I have been somewhat cautious, you know, and just keeping our distance and washing our hands and all that. But uh, our health is great. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm glad to hear. So with, through your coaching career, you've had different types of, I don't know if we call it, uh, serious, you know, health concerns that you've, that you've worked through. Has it, did it force you to be a little reflective about things beyond your profession and, and where you are in your life? I don't want to get too dramatic with this, but when this comes up with people, we, we kind of step back and take a, a long view of things. It did. The biggest one was spring in 2014 when uh, I had this uh, cyst in my brain and I was first diagnosed in 1998 and it gave me problems throughout. And it's not so much the stress. It's not the stress. It's the yelling or the, you know, bearing down or, you know, whether it be a hard workout that once triggered it. I did a bot, used to do boxing classes and I had to stop that. And then uh, uh, it happened in two, spring of 2014. I was on the practice field and what happens is you're, you know, just the it, it, uh, cyst burst, fluid goes on your brain and it causes immense pain. You lose vision and you lose your balance. And it happened and they took me over and get the CAT scan and they said, well, you know, in two hours we're going to have surgery. You know, we have to get that fluid off your brains. It was kind of a fast, that, that was one that you sat back and said, all right, now, you know, is this something that will impact my career? And I always knew that I wasn't going to do this till I'm 70, 80 years old. But it did, it maybe expedited everything and made you start thinking, hey, we've had a good run. Now it's time to go and be a good father, good husband, and good grandfather and enjoy life. I mean, assist in your brain, Urban. That is, how old were you at the time of that? I was just, oh boy, 2014, so 50 years old. Yeah, so you're, young, you're a young man, and, and you had to be pushed to that degree, even though you kind of had a plan beyond. And um, that's, that's, yeah, serious, whatever, and to be rushed into surgery. I mean, that's a part of the body. It's one thing if somebody has a knee injury or a shoulder injury or, or something like that. Were you, uh, I, I hate to say this because you're a leader of men, and I've, I've talked to you in, in tough spots before, but were you scared when, when, you first, when this first happened? I was horrified. Yeah, I uh, was horrified, and, and – uh, and then I would, you know, what's the causation? That's what you start thinking about. You know, obviously, if, you know, you have bad eating habits and it's causing certain health issues, you try to change your habits. If it has to do with, you know, your performance as a coach. And, and I've tried to dial back over the years. I was well documented in Florida that, you right. know, it's just, it's always been fourth and one with me. <laughs> and I try to dial back. And it's almost like every time I dial back, the production starts to slip. And, I really, you know, I just, that's not who I am to dial anything back. So it was back to full speed. And, and I kind of knew that there was, obviously there's an alpha and an omega to your career. And, and at some point that's going to come. And so maybe it came a little couple of years before I really had hoped, but it was time. And, and the best thing going, Chris, is Ohio State's flourishing. 
you know, so much of when Bob Stoops picked Lincoln Riley, I kept my eyes out. And I said, when I find the right guy, because the worst fear is you take all these incredible people like weight coaches and, you know, assistants and uh, strength coaches, uh, trainers, physical therapists, all these incredible nutritionists, all these incredible people that have jobs. They A lot of times, because the new coach comes in and brings his own people, that, that'd be hard to live with, knowing that everybody did a great job. It's one, it's one thing if you get fired for – it's because you did a bad job, but people shouldn't lose their jobs if you're doing a great job. And you have said, I'm not shy about the love I have for this great state, referencing Ohio, where I you know, born, raised, obviously uh, coached and, and, and brought a, the championship back uh, to a college football championship back to Ohio State after a couple with the, with the Florida Gators. But at heart, you're right, you're a coach, uh, whether you're coaching or not, you're, you're a fan. And, and I, I think what would be the best way as we're talking now for you to describe and we know what's going on in the world and in our country, but the, just the state of college football, because there are other sports that, that have found their way through and some college conferences that have found their way through to at least attempt to work through complete seasons. Well, I got real emotional on a Fox show. We, we were with uh, Rob Stone, Matt Leiner, and, and Reggie Bush, and it was one of those things that I believe we're in a society that all people do is complain about how bad everything is. And I guess I've never looked at it that way. I think how great – the entity of college football is in college. When I say college football, I mean college sports. And someone made a comment, is this a chance to blow it up and do it? I'm like, I, I got real upset. I'm like, blow what up? You know, look at our government. Look at the way things are being run right now. It's a, it's a joke. Cities are blowing up. Everything's a mess. Yet you have college football, which to me is the ultimate meritocracy. It's, I've never one time looked at someone's skin color, what their background is, where they're from. And, and every time I'm, now that I'm not in it, that's all people talk about. I'm like, Whoa, how much, how horrific that must be that people make decisions on those kind of issues, which in college football on fourth down to one, I can promise you I could care less other than can you do your job. And that's for 35 years I've been very lucky. My daughters have played college athletics. They have, you know, roommates from all different colors and backgrounds and cultures, and no one's ever thought about that. So when I hear see people say, hey, let's blow this up and blow up, no, there's a lot of things to blow up. Leave it alone. College football is awesome. It's never been more popular. It is a little bit – there needs to be a little bit reform. Should players get paid? I don't think they should be paid, but I understand name and likeness. I worry about it, but I, I get that. I understand that a uh, one-time transfer might happen. I'm okay with that. But to say blow it up because of finance – quit talking about money. You know, the things that going to happen is what happened at Stanford. You're going to get 11 sports dropped, and my daughter – one daughter is a president of a company, and one owns her own company. And it's because they play college volleyball. I, I am convinced they learned more on the college volleyball courts than they did in the classroom about selflessness, about leadership, and about a greater good. Which, tell me where you're going to learn that, you know, if you're not part of team sports. I think it's very difficult to teach that. So you can tell I get very passionate about when, I, when people say, well, let's blow it up. No, no, let's not blow it up. You can almost fix things a little bit, but it's the greatest thing going in America to me are college sports. I thought that was impressive how you personalized that, but also expressed the, the student athlete and the importance of that. We're, we're, we're talking about amateur athletes, not professionals here, which makes it difficult. Hey, Chris, Chris excuse me one second. But sure. I, I, when I hear someone say student athletes and they make, make light of that, you know, I get, once again, very defensive. You know, usually people that haven't played or have any concept in the media make comments like that. You know, yes, they are student athletes. And maybe not at every institution, or I think they are. 
Right. Because I think that's a means to an end for some people, which is fine. At least you're getting education and maybe an opportunity to uh, provide for your families when you're done with sport. Once again, this is all about the student athletes. I've always, I've never looked at it towards institutional, towards commissioners, towards presidents or ADs, even coaches. I would actually tell our AD that I don't look at myself working for the president, the coach, or the university. I, I work for these student athletes. It's the only profession out there, Chris, where you actually go in people's homes and recruit the people they're going to work with. You know, I'm, we're, we're in the homes of 17-year-olds and the moms and dads. Uh, you're, you're handing that child off to them, and you expect them to fight as hard as they possibly can at all costs for your kid. I can't think of another. I've been thinking about this the last several weeks. I can't think of another profession where that's true. You know, we both work at Fox. Fox didn't come in your home and recruit you. They didn't. You know, your employee, which I get that. But this is a whole different relationship. This is a 17-year-old that the mom's going to give you a big hug and say, take care of my son. And I've done the same thing. I've had two girls, and my son is playing college football. I would be devastated. Not at the university because, I, you know, right. universities have to make decisions. But if a coach didn't stand up for my son or daughter, that'd be a major problem. Microsoft Teams is helping Priority Bicycles reinvent the way they work. When the pandemic hit, the bike shop had to close their New York City showroom. They found a way to reopen by doing virtual visits on Teams. Now the team can meet with two or three times the number of customers than they could before. And now people from all over the world can come into their showroom. Learn more about their story and others at Microsoft.com slash Teams. So where's the liner about on listening to a Justin Fields at Ohio State? So you're saying as the leader of all these guys, and I've seen you lead in the game and in recruiting, you're going to listen to them first, hear their voice, which I know you have and you will, but when there's so many and they, and there's, let's just say, voices that are different, is it ultimately up for, for you to decide or the, or the school? I think in, in many situations it is, but not, not when you're talking about a pandemic and a national okay. health issue. You know, this is – I would support Justin Fields like Ryan Day is. I think Scott Frost fought for his players, and I respect yep. that. So did Coach Harbaugh. So I, I think most, you know, if a coach is not fighting for his players, that, I can promise you they're not winning games. So there is, so, yeah, you, there is that connection. At, sure. But at the end of the day, when this has got to be in the hands of – this is a pandemic, a national emergency. So, yes, you'd fight for them, but there's time to stand down too. And if they, But I, I still have not seen the data – and the reason and why and I'm going to be interested. I think that's coming out soon. Uh, why the big 10 made that decision. Uh, yeah. And but, that, I, uh, yeah, not to interrupt you, but I think we're, we're all waiting, not just those football fans, but you hear different information and there's been a lot of misinformation and, and, right. and things that I think have us all confused, but obviously we have to be cautious in the meantime, a last-ditch effort other than Justin Fields' uh, petition, and I, I really applaud him for at least expressing himself, and as you said, you know, reaching out. Uh, but, but a last-ditch effort about a, a Big Ten, Ohio State, uh, uh, getting Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin, I think Barry Alvarez has talked about playing uh, a 10-game schedule, five teams, a home and away. You played teams twice. Uh, is, is that – if you heard that, is it, what, what possibility would you give something like that? I heard it this morning, and uh, if you've talked to Coach Alvarez, or Coach Alvarez, I still call him Coach. Yeah, but, Coach, right. Yes, we all do, yeah. Um, you know, I, I am, I'm not aware of that. You know, I, I, it's hard for me to comment when I just recently heard of this. And, but once again, to, I, to have people behind the scenes working as hard as they can for the student-athletes, I commend them.
you were talking about going into homes before with players and, and the, the, the personal part of that, you know, and we, we, we kind of forget that when we're watching the games and, and making decisions, but you, you kind of, you brought, and tell me if I, I'm accurate on this, kind of an SEC style of recruiting into the, into the Big Ten. You really separated Ohio State from the pack in that regard. I'm not knocking anybody previously. I'm just referencing, and you talked about the passion of the SEC. Uh, and and would, you, would you agree with that? And how would you explain that to, to people? And, and I don't, it's a compliment more than it is saying you're doing anything uh, that's, that's so different that, that people can't respond to it properly. Yeah, I, th- I think that story um, created, you know, got a lot of legs, you know, when it was all happening in 2012. And the coach of Wisconsin, Elama, um, uh, made a comment. We don't want to, you know, we're we don't recruit like that. And I'm not sure, you know, we're. Fo- I don't know if he meant, fo- you know, not being the rules. We've always followed the rules. We've never had compliance issues, and but we were very aggressive. That means if someone from the state of Ohio was committed somewhere else, would I call them up and if we thought they were good enough and give them an opportunity to come to Ohio State? Absolutely, that's our my job. Um, same thing. I think we expanded the footprint you know, realizing that there is a population shift, that the number, not the quality, but just the overall number of players coming out of the uh, northern and north Midwest areas is just not as big. For example, I grew up in Cleveland area, in Cleveland and Pittsburgh, that whole northeastern Ohio, western PA area, that used to be loaded, 20, 25, 30 Notre Dame, Ohio State level athletes. It's not, there's not that many now. There are some great ones, but just not the quality. So, if you want to compete with Alabama, Clemson, et cetera, you're going to have to go get the best players. And we did that. And we received, I, you know, I never really paid attention, but I would hear later on people criticized us or, which, you know, once again, I, I work for Ohio State and our job is to win as many games as we can with the best players in America. And we took that very serious. And we saw some of the results with, uh, with the players at Ohio State and still, uh, with a, a part of the Buckeyes' success. What, what's the most, uh, I want to just say, unusual, provocative, humorous thing that either a parent or a, a, a player ever said to you when you were in the home recruiting? Did anything jump out at you, a, a funny reaction or a more serious one or one that, that, that touched you deeply beyond uh, coaching that, that player or, or seeing his family through the years at the school you were there? Oh, I got so many of them. Um, you know, it's hard for me to just pull one out, but... You know, once again, I don't think people certainly, and I would tell our ADs that when I I work for some incredible ADs and, and I, the media time would get after me when I would give a player a second or third opportunity, you know, if they make a stupid mistake. And, and I even had one administrator say, you know, you need to make an example out of someone. And I almost, I did everything I could not to grab the guy and said, you're talking about someone's kid. You know, and of course you don't realize that because you've never sat in someone's home. But can you imagine saying that about someone's child, you know, that for the media or to appease someone, we need to make an example out of someone. And I I did everything I can to say, you know, what are you talking about? You know, that's this is someone's kid. So the deep relationships that are born during recruiting and then materialize during their time on campus, I can only equate it to the military. You know, that's when you have those life-changing, lifelong relationships that you have with people. And, you know, really any other endeavors, I I don't know if you really can get those kind of relationships. Let's just first talk about Alex Smith because it's a a feel-good story, whatever happens from here. 
Yeah, Alex is one of those guys that uh, he was. He's kind of to himself. He's not, you know. Dwayne Haskins, ironically, they're together and they're both incredible people. But one's all over social media, and Alex <laughs> is very private. He's got a beautiful wife and family that I know very well, and Alex was, you know, the number one draft pick overall, Heisman candidate, and one of the greatest players I've ever been around. I don't think people really understood how great he was or how tough he was until that documentary, which I think was extremely well done. So uh, I know he's got his priorities straight. I'm so glad that the world got to see Alex Smith for who he is and not number 11 or 15 or whatever he is, but an incredible person, great leader, smartest guy, never had a beat. He graduated college in two years and uh, just a brilliant, brilliant player. You know, it's interesting in the NFL, and that's where you spend the majority of your time, is that the quarterback just gets the blunt of every you, – you, you put a quarterback on a bad team and all of a sudden he's a bad quarterback. It's amazing to me how that's – like when Alex Smith was at San Francisco, it was a terrible team. You know, they are terrible on defense, offense, and yet Alex Smith was a bust, and he, you know, I'm, I would get real – because that's my player. And then I hear Dwayne Haskins, they fire the coach middle of the season. There's all kinds of culture issues within the organization. And what, it's Dwayne Haskins' fault now. You know, I'd like to see Tom Brady in that kind of situation. You know, it, it, the quarterback in the NFL, for some reason, you know, you get stuck on an awful team. And that's my biggest concern with every player that we have leave our program. All of a sudden, you, you get used to winning and you get stuck in some situation where you're, you know, you're losing in just a ton of games. You lose your motivation your desire and you know I've seen that happen to many of our players and that that's terrible so I think Dwayne's going to do great but one way to make sure Dwayne's going to be great put a great team around him it's not that complicated (laughs) yeah fair fair. draft really good players have a really good culture make them work and get rid of people that aren't part of your culture and you know it, it sounds I don't know I know it is hard but it's just amazing to me how people you know, people when I say meet and even professionals, I'll hear people make comments to me. I'm like, you're out of your mind. The kid's a great player. I played, I coached against him or he co- coached him. He's just stuck in a bad organization, a bad, bad place. Microsoft Teams is helping Priority Bicycles transform the way they work. After closing their New York City showroom, they started doing virtual visits on Teams. And now people from all over the world can come into their showroom. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Another player you coached, uh, Tim Tebow, and I, I love the story. I, some have heard it, but uh, it's worth telling again. And uh, you have, have time for us to do that when you were recruiting him at Florida because it, it takes us inside what a coach goes through. And you've talked about your family, how you live a moment, and we've seen the kind of player and person Tim Tebow uh, is, has become. Uh, tell, uh, summarize that for us if, if you could. Yeah, Tim is such a polarizing name, even in high school. And I landed the day I got hired in Florida. I was coming from Utah, so I had no idea who Tim Tebow was. We didn't recruit Florida. And uh, people started hammering me. I mean, as the minute I put my feet on the tarmac, uh, the people in the airport, you know, the service, you know, collecting bags, everything. Hey, you have to recruit Tebow, have to recruit Tebow. And that went on nonstop to the point you're almost, I don't want to say I didn't like him, but I kept tired of hearing about him. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, a lot of people thought he was going to be like a tight end or something because he had an awkward throwing motion. And so we actually recruited another quarterback. But as time went on, I got to know Tim. I watched him play baseball, ironically. And his leadership, his toughness, his work ethic, it, it became very clear. This was not a normal player. This, this guy had it all, and I had to have him. 
So I recruited him myself personally, got knee deep with it. And fast forward to December is now the time he's going to commit. And Alabama was way ahead of us because uh, David Shula was the coach and got very close to Tim, you know, and I was just coming in. I only knew Tim for about six months. And uh, they came down to the day and I get up in the morning, my Carol's, my wife, where's Tim going? I'm driving to work. I get, get gas. People are screaming at me at the gas station. Are you getting Tebow? I, I see a bright light shining at a bank that's almost hey, Tim Tebow come to Florida. And then I get to the office. Everyone's asking me. Finally, I had to leave. And he's going to go on, I believe, at 5 o'clock. I'm in the car. I've been trying to call him all day, which is silence is not good. And he, he wouldn't answer his phone. And then finally he calls me up, and uh, I see Tim Tebow come across my cell phone. And I said, all right, here we go. And I said, hey, Tim, how's it going? He's sobbing on the phone. And uh, he said, coach, I, I made a decision. I'm going to. And then, boom, his phone goes out. <laughs> oh, wow. And I started punching the dashboard. I get home. Shelly comes running out. Where's he going? And he's there walking out on national TV. I can see him on television. I'm so angry thinking he never told me a person. And so I just walked outside with my son. And about five minutes later, I hear my daughter start screaming and Shelly Tebow's coming to Florida. So that's the story. That's amazing. Well, that's amazing. And then the rest is, is history as, as we saw him. Would you say rank uh, you know, probably one of the greatest college football players ever, right? If you have to. Well, I've been asked, and I'm yeah. very biased. He yeah. is, without question, the best in my mind to ever play the game in, in all areas. Is he the best quarterback? I'm not sure. Is he the best player? He's the best player. He's the Heisman Trophy winner, a finalist three other, two other times, two national championships, and in the toughest conference in college football. So he's the best there is. Yeah, that leadership. Hey, I wanted to ask us, we were talking about recruiting before, and, and, and you talked that. How is recruiting right now? Uh, so different or challenging for, for those coaches trying to do that or those that are trying to recruit players? Or is there? Well, on the big picture, it, for some reason, about three or four years ago, there was a big push to speed up the process. That means now we have official visits in April of their junior year, which I think is nonsense. And then you're seeing more and more kids get offered their freshman and sophomore year. And football is a developmental sport. You know, your, your body, my son, you know, gained 40 pounds his senior year. You know, that's not uncommon. That, uh, you know, it's for big, strong people. And a lot of times it takes a while to become big and strong. And I'm seeing more and more mistakes. I'm seeing more and more players commit early and change their mind. Uh, sometimes go to a school and want to transfer because they were rushed into it. And so I'm very opposed to that. During this time with the COVID, it was all done virtual visits, which was very hard. Uh, not on purpose uh, on campus visits or in face-to-face. So very hard time. Uh, but my biggest issue is it's just the calendar has been moved way up. You, you realize that Bobby Bowden, one of the great recruiters of all time, when yes. I first recorded in 2005, they would save all their scholarships until the third week in January of their wow. senior year. Wow. And that's when they would commit. Now everyone's class is fully committed for next year, basically. Uh, they, wow. they do it so early, and I'm opposed to that. I, I don't – whoever came up with that model, it worked. They got it done, but I disagree with it. Yeah. Well, Urban, uh, you had an experience in the conference. I love that your dedication to Ohio, but you have a thing where you don't say the word Michigan, or if somebody does, right, or if they slip up, or you do, what do you have to do, 10 push-ups? Is that, is that your policy still? Yeah, it's not necessarily my policy still, but if I was in the Woody Hayes facility, if you wear blue, you got to take it off. If you There's no blue pens, uh, nothing blue in the facility, and if you use the M word, you got to drop and do 10. And that was awkward, that was awkward for some of the moms and – 
and grandmoms <laughs> and grandfathers when they came in, but they had to do them. Really? You, you didn't warn them about that? And that, that? Does that still go even if you're not? I, that's a real rivalry. I mean, we know Michigan, Ohio State's one of the great ones, but boy, you, you carry that with you and forward. Yeah, I learned from the great Woody Hayes, and you know, he was the first one to the story about him not wanting to buy gas on recruiting trips because he didn't want to pay sales tax to that state. <laughs> you know, the one where he said he went for two because they won't let him go for three after he scored a touchdown. And so I believe it's all true. And, it, uh, and we do it with great taste, much respect, but we also live that rivalry every day. By the way, your book, uh, read it years ago, Above the Line, Lessons in Leadership and Life from a Championship Season, still worth uh, picking up and reading for anybody. A couple of just fun things before we, we let you go. That And I, I because you were appeared on the FS1 program, uh, the game show that I hosted, um, Fox Sports, the home game with sports trivia. And you had Jimmy Johnson, the Hall of Fame, you know, ex-Cowboy coach, and you, and you defeated him, and you were, you were holding a baseball bat, but we did our Zoom on and, and I don't know if people realize, people listening to this, that you were drafted, uh, I believe it was 82, 13th round, Major League Baseball draft, infielder, shortstop, third base, second base, whatever, and, and a couple of, couple of years in the Braves organization, actually had a home run. So was baseball, get, take us back to Urban Meyer at that moment, was baseball where you thought you were going at that point? in your life I was uh, played baseball and football football has always been my first love with baseball I, I love baseball as well and I was better had more opportunity you know you get drafted into professional baseball and that was back I was a huge Cincinnati Reds fan and I said okay I'm going and uh, you know I had a little the, the fastballs went from 82 miles an hour to 96 <laughs> and then they give you a wooden bat and then I, I injured my arm and I just really couldn't throw. And, you know, a shortstop that struggles throwing the ball is not uh, very good. So I got cut there, went and played college football, and then moved on. But uh, I thought baseball was going to be my fastest track to go do what I dreamed of doing, and that's make a living playing sports. And now you, yeah, and, and it was a different dream and, and helping young people with their dreams still. And pickleball, you talk about our health. I, I don't know if people listening have played pickleball or aware of it, but it's, it's something uh, I, I've enjoyed. And I know it's something you said you, you enjoy as well. It uh, keeps you in shape, right? And I know you're a competitive guy. So there, uh, that's how would you explain pickleball to people who haven't played it? Well, it's a, a combination of tennis and ping pong. And I picked up tennis too over the COVID time. My neighbor had a tennis court and I noticed I lost 10 pounds in one week doing it, and you get in shape that way. And I'd rather step on a rusty nail than do a treadmill. So <laughs> I really enjoy that. And pickleball is a great sport. And the older you get, it's you can still compete at something and, and not blow your Achilles out like uh, some of these other sports. Well, I keep competing, and I, I always enjoy talking to you and listening to uh, what you have to say about the game, about the players, and I really appreciate it. It's good knowing you, and, and I hope we get to talk again soon and, and talk more football and about what's going on on the field. Uh, but it's always a pleasure, Urban, so I hope you and your family stay well and we, we talk again. Yeah, much respect. Thanks, Chris. All right, you take care. Thanks for listening to CMI, the Chris Myers interview. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and spread the word. Get new episodes every Wednesday on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Microsoft Teams is helping Priority Bicycles reinvent the way they work. When the pandemic hit, the bike shop had to close their New York City showroom. They found a way to reopen by doing virtual visits on Teams. Now the team can meet with two or three times the number of customers than they could before. And now people from all over the world can come into their showroom. Learn more about their story and others at Microsoft.com slash Teams.